Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Happy Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal and Damon Barr back in as Chris Schmidt off for the week. Excited for the show today as the uh, the Husker offense took to uh, the press conference this morning and uh, and they were fielding questions this morning. A lot to get into with that. Uh, just a loaded show as we're going to get caught back up with Colton Stone here in about 20 minutes, uh, as well as Derek Peterson joining us in the second hour and a segment of Burke's Best Bets. It's just incredible the amount of sports we have going on right now. MLB, college football, NFL, NBA finals, WNBA, if you watch that, uh, is, is coming up close to their uh, their finals as well. Just everything seems to be going on at once. Uh, we have soccer starting back up in Europe. If you're interested in that, Damon is giving me a look of, I don't care. Don't tell me about the soccer. Uh, Damon, I'm sorry, my, my favorite team, uh, Tottenham Hotspur today won 7-2 over a team I have never heard of before. So I was expecting the win, but 7-2, that feels good. Soccer's back on, and uh, and you still don't care. <laughs> I can be happy for you that you're happy, but I, I won't care for until the World Cup. I don't care about soccer. I, I need something to be happy for. I'm wearing my, my favorite Broncos sweater today, um, and we're playing the lowly Jets. Uh, but then again, we're the lowly Broncos at the moment. Um, I, I won't go as far as to call us the donkeys, but this year we deserve it. We deserve to be called the Donkeys this year. I don't want to bore you too much with Thursday Night Football. We're going to talk a little bit NFL in the second hour, but this game tonight is just... As a Broncos fan, I'm not even looking forward to it. If you're a neutral and you're looking forward to this game, I have one question for you, and that is why. How much money are you putting on this game tonight? uh, We'll ask Danny. And if you're putting money on this game, please tell me it's not in the Broncos. And also, please tell me it's not in the Jets, because I have zero faith in either of these teams. Uh, They're both terrible. Uh, the Broncos have been hit hard by the injury bug. Uh, an already average roster has been taken down to uh, senior bowl levels. Uh, I think one of the senior bowl teams probably could have beaten this Broncos team this year. Uh, it's that bad. It's hard to watch. You go back and look at the scores for the Broncos this year. I don't want to go too much on the Broncos. I just said how much we suck and that we're not going to we're not going to spend too much time on them. But uh, it's it's just it's tough. It's tough. I lost my train of thought a little bit there, uh, but. Uh, I, it's probably a good thing. You, you don't want to hear too much about the Broncos. <sighs> Sadness. Sadness is what I'm feeling right now, just thinking about this game. Uh, I don't even want to watch it. i got to figure out what I'm going to drink before so I don't remember it. <laughs> oh, man, we're getting way too depressed in here. Uh, we do have some Husker news to talk about, though. Uh, and remember, you can call the show today, 402-466-3776, 1-800-825-5865. Uh, if those are too many numbers for you to remember, uh, 402-466-ESPN, that's the same thing as 402-466-3776. I didn't realize how many people my age didn't understand that, that whenever you look at the keyboard, it's got like the, I mean, I guess people my age never had to push five, three times to get That's whatever. a thing of the past, man. I mean, I'm my first phone, 
back in the day. I'm going to go pull up the keypad so I know what I'm doing. Like, if you wanted C, you had to press two or three times, and then you had to wait for it to move to the next character. And then See, I, I didn't even have to deal with that. I had one of those sliding keyboards. Oh, uh, you were lucky. I was one of the lucky ones. Your family had money growing up. That's what that is. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, back to my point. 402-466-ESPN is the same thing as 402-466-3776. Uh, I should probably know my demographic here. There's not many people that are younger than me or my age uh, listening to to ESPN Lincoln at the moment. Uh, they're probably in class, so got, got to know my demographic. Maybe they're listening via podcast form, uh, in which case it's probably tomorrow already. Uh, so 402-466-ESPN, uh, that's the number you can call to get in today. Uh, you can also connect with us on Twitter at Hail Varsity. That is for Hail Varsity Magazine. We post a show lineup every single day. We try our best to get that retweeted up on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter page. It's at ESPN Lincoln. There you can find the uh, the interviews that we'll be conducting today, as well as uh, SoundCloud segments from our uh, our favorite sound bites of the show today. You can also follow and find uh, Damon and I on Twitter for Damon. He's at Damon Barr. And remember, Barr is spelled with two R's. Damon Barr with two R's. Uh, you can also find me and follow me on Twitter at Herbal Essences. And uh, with that being said, I think it's time for us to actually get into the uh, the real meat of the show here. Uh, it was a pretty good way to just ramble for five minutes there. I apologize to all the listeners at home uh, for just bearing with me on that rambling there. Uh, but I, I want to get into some Husker news. Obviously, Huskers had their uh, their first offensive press conference of the fall. But before we get there, you have your chance to get into Memorial Stadium this fall via your picture being on a cardboard cutout. How disappointing is that? You thought for a second was was there information I missed? Have we have we learned that uh, that we can get some fans in the stands? And the answer is a big fat no still. So does it have to be like a picture of you? Can you can you pick any picture to put on your cardboard cutout? How does it work? It has to pass uh, their uh, essentially safety inspection to make sure it's safe. They haven't actually listed the guidelines for what those going to be. The, the tickets aren't on sale yet to buy these. Uh, your options uh, twenty five dollars. Uh, essentially gets you n- not much of anything. It-, it sells one of their virtual seats, quote-unquote. They're trying to sell uh, 90,020 virtual seats. Uh, for $25, you get one seat filled, no cardboard cutout, uh, but you also get a collector's item, which could be a, a ticket or a, uh, a season program, as well as a-, a 1970 National Championship poster or a Husker helmet. Uh, but it starts getting interesting when you get up. $100 gets you one fan cutout in Memorial Stadium for the entire season, as well as four seats filled of these virtual seats, which really don't mean all that much. Uh, and then one collector's item, uh, you start getting up above that. 250 gets you two fan cutouts. And $1,000 gets you two life-size cutouts placed in the tunnel lock. That's probably your best bet to get on TV. I personally have absolutely zero interest in dropping $1,000 to get my, uh, my name uh, and my face put into the tunnel lock. Uh, but if that is something that you are looking into, $1,000 gets you two life-size cutouts in the tunnel lock. That's limited to 250 total cutouts, as well as four fan cutouts all placed next to each other within the stands in East Stadium. Uh, East Stadium is the location they have chosen to give you the best chance to get on to TV. Uh, I know I personally will not be investing into this. I'm a broke college student, A, and B, I really don't care to see my cutout on TV. I don't want to see my ugly face up on there. That's why I'm working in radio. Um, that's like the number one reason is because you guys don't see my face right now and I don't want my face, uh, to be broadcast to the world. And that's, unless it's something funny. I'll, I'll have to look at the guidelines and see what I can get in there. Uh, maybe my dog Bella would like that. She wouldn't care. Actually. She's a dog. She, she wouldn't understand, but I'd like to think she would understand that. Damon, you have any good ideas of things we can put on a fan um, cutout? Not really, but we, we do have John on the line. Uh, John, go ahead. Hello. 
John, can you hear us? Yeah, I sure can. Uh, what I'm wondering is what you think is going to happen with the, uh, you know, virus in college football. I know I was looking uh, at television last night, and 35 states have an increase in the virus. And I just wondered if you think it's going to sort of be piecemeal together, just like pro football and some of the baseball things are going to happen. Well, at the moment, John, I am crossing my fingers. Uh, the one thing I'm looking at right now, which is the most uh, similar to the situation we're seeing in college football, is the situation with the Steelers and the Titans uh, as, uh, sure. as their game is being postponed right now. The thought was maybe Tuesday night football, uh, but now they're looking. Steelers have a bye in week eight, uh, and they play the Ravens in week seven. The Ravens also have a bye week in week eight. So the thought now is you can move Ravens and Steelers to week eight. Uh, the Titans and Steelers would not play this week at all. They would play actually in Week 7 as the Titans have a bye in Week 7. Uh, but because there's no buys in college football, I don't think we're 100% certain. Uh, but I think we may get some weirdness like that where a game is postponed. It's supposed to be on a Saturday to get some more uh, time to, to get some tests. Maybe we'll play a weird Monday game with no fans in the stands. It makes things easier. And obviously with TV deals, uh, we don't know. Well, I have a question about the season. Uh, I look at the eight games and I talk to people and they're optimistic that Nebraska can win five of the eight, but they're per- pretty much looking at us winning only four games. Does that seem pretty logical to you or not? Uh, four and four is uh, my my baseline. That's, that's, that's what I would consider a successful season in Nebraska. Thanks for the, the call, John. Uh, but four, yeah, four and four is what I'm looking at as bare minimum. Get back to 500. In a weird season like this, we haven't been over 500 in years now. It's been three three years, three years since we've been above 500, two years under Frost, one year under Riley, even since we've hit 500 at all. Uh, so that's that's what I'm looking at. Uh, in, in a weird season like this with the, the shortened off season, you're not getting into pads until three weeks before the season. Uh, it, four and four is what I'm looking at. And I, I do want to get into uh, what was said at the press conference this morning to see where we're at. I do know we have a caller on the line right now. Damon is handling that for us. Uh, but I want to get into the press conference uh, Damon says, never mind. Never mind. Must have hung up on us. I, I must have answered uh, that caller's question. You're welcome, caller. You're welcome. Uh, but let's get into the press conference from this morning. I want to start off with Matt Lubick's thoughts as uh, as he took the, the, the podium. Uh, I mean, and the big question, especially on offense, that fans have been asking about forever is the quarterback situation. The quarterback is what the focus of the offense is. We all know it. It's what we're looking forward to to see who who's taking the snaps come week one. We're expecting Adrian Martinez. I know a lot of people are hopeful for Luke McCaffrey. Lubick started off by giving his thoughts on Adrian Martinez and, and how he performed last season. As far as Adrian taking a lot of blame last year or putting pressure on himself, I wasn't here, but I think that always happens to quarterbacks in general is when things are going good, sometimes they get too, too much credit. When things are going bad, they take too much blame and everyone sees what the quarterback does, but it is. When I, we watch cut-ups of last year's season, it's the people around him. It's the, the line with protections, be able to run the football to take pressure off him in the passing game. It's the receivers getting open. It's, it's the running backs blocking. Uh, it, it was a combination of things, you know, and Adrian did some great things last year, and like everybody, he could have played better. And, and the same with that goes with our whole offense. It goes with the whole offense is uh, is kind of a thought that I've had is that yeah Adrian was banged up last year yeah he was bad but who was he throwing the ball to besides J D Spielman? Wandale was banged up in the second half of the season, 
and, and I mean, there, there was nobody else really there for him. And, and the offensive line play was poor in, in the first half of the season as well, improved in the second half. I'm hoping for better uh, from the offensive line this next season. We'll get into offense line here in a second. But the, the follow-up question, which is natural, and uh, I don't think it's the, the answer that Lubick really wanted to answer, but is, is Adrian your guy? Is Adrian your starting quarterback in 2020? Or, or is it Luke McCaffrey? And if it's Adrian, how close is that battle? Adrian's a starter as of today. But I, like I said, Luke has done a great job, and it's, it's, a, it's a friendly competition. Competition makes both guys better. And uh, we feel like we've, we've repped both of them with the ones. They both moved the ball. They've both had, uh, you know, great camps so far, you know, with the non-padded stuff. And so that, that, that evaluation is always ongoing. But, uh, but Adrian's improved, and he's, and he's going to be a better football player this year. And that's, that's what you want to hear, is that Adrian has improved in the offseason after his sophomore slump, if you will, last season. The, the fans wanted to know, are we going to get closer to, to freshman year, Adrian Martinez? We heard so much last offseason. Adrian's done this. Adrian's done that. Adrian's going to be a better player. Adrian's uh, going to be able to run the ball better this year. He's put on some muscle. We're excited for it. And then last season, it just came out flat. He was never the quarterback that we saw uh, in you know, 2019 or 2018, excuse me. He was never that quarterback. And a lot of that I put on the offensive line play. It started early in the season with the bad snaps, and it continued. Adrian was getting hit a lot, uh, but Matt Lubick says that that offensive line has improved, and uh, and that's what I'm looking to see is is with five starters coming back, uh, you're assuming probably four of them actually get the nod as uh, there's the expected move of Farniak to right guard, uh, which Greg Austin confirmed today. Again, we'll get into that a little bit more later. But, but Lubick says he's excited for this offensive line, and he likes what they're bringing to the table for this team. Yeah, I, I think they're a strength of our football team. You know, we've got some proven players there. Uh, we've got great depth there. And, you know, we, as an offense, we want to be balanced. We want to be able to throw the ball where they got to pass protect. And we also want to be able to run the ball, um, run the ball in the perimeter, be able to run the ball downhill. And they've done it all this camp. And so I've been really pleased with them, and I think they're the strength of our offense. Strength of our offense. I mean, what more can you say? It's a group that is returning uh, the most starting experience of anywhere besides maybe the secondary, kind of a dead heat there. Uh, but with all five coming back, uh, it only bodes improvement if it's not those same five guys starting. They're not moving guys around unless they think they're going to be better or if there's going to be a better person that can come back and, and take their spot. With, with Hymas at left tackle, he's a, a future NFL player in my opinion. Uh you could see defenses last year really liked to go put their best pass rusher on the other side on Farniok. And that's why we had the expected move of Farniok into right guard. He really struggled out in space. I love talking offensive line if you can't tell. But Hymas left tackle, uh, that seems to be the, the, the one of two positions which is really locked in stone. The other one is Cam Jurgens at center. Uh, Greg Austin raved about Cam Jurgens' offseason development, how much better he's uh, running the show, if you will. Uh, from that interior spot calling out the line, uh, the line calls, the, the linebacker calls, the blitz pickups, all that sort of stuff. We'll also get into that. Greg Austin's comments coming up here at about 540, excuse me, 440, about 20 minutes from now. Uh, we're going to get into Greg Austin's comments on the offensive line. But offensive line being uh, the strength of the offense, which it's not, not a glorious position. It's not the one that's going to get all the headlines. But I, I think that the offensive line is the most important position group on the offense. Uh, but, I mean, still, for the quarterback... With great offensive line play, you need to have somebody to throw it to. The two big names which came in this offseason were Omar Manning and Alante Brown. Matt Lubick touched on both of those guys. He said that Omar Manning's been a little bit banged up, but he says Alante Brown 
has been uh, just working hard. He's been impressing the other guys in the offense. Let's start off with Matt Lubick's comments on Omar Manning. I mean, sure. I mean, he's done some good things like, uh, like all our young guys. Um, you know, he's battled a little bit with some nagging injuries, which has slowed him down. We have, we have had a few of those, but, but uh, you know, his attitude's been good, and, and uh, you know, he, he competes. And nagging injuries is going to make things tough for a junior college guy uh, coming in. Uh, we're going to run out of time for uh, for Matt Lubick's comments on Elante Brown. Apologies, we're running into a, a break here. Uh, but with Omar Manning injuries as a JUCO guy coming in, uh, that's tough. But 90% of what that guy's got to learn is not physical. It's not on the field. It's not how to run a route. It's learning the offense, knowing his routes, knowing his assignments, knowing who's blocking. That was a big problem with the wide receivers last year. Is who the hell are they blocking? Felt like at times they didn't know. Omar Manning, 6'4", powerful. He's going to be blocking, and he's hopefully learning the offense during his time off. Colton Stone coming up next, former producer for Hale Varsity Radio. Excited to chat with him. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio listen? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back in, it's a Thursday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Elijah Herbal sitting in alongside Damon Barr. Lots of Husker news and notes to get into as the Husker offensive coaches took to the podium today. Their first press conference of fall camp. Excited now to welcome in former producer of Hale Varsity Radio. You know him, you love him. It's Colton Stone. You can find him on Twitter at two birds underscore one stone and Colton. Last time we talked, I think, was around July, maybe June. Uh, and since then, it's just so much has gone on. We've had a, a Big Ten schedule, and then we got a new Big Ten schedule. And then we learned that we would not be playing Big Ten football. And then we learned we would be playing Big Ten football. And then we got another new schedule. I mean, we also learned that Pac-12 would stop playing. The Pac-12 came back. We thought we don't even know what's going on with the NFL. Uh, the NBA came back in their bubble. It's just been a wild couple of months. So how have you been holding up? Yeah, well, it feels like uh, it was just March last month. So, um, <laughs> you know, you're right. It's, it's kind of been crazy. It's, uh, it seems like something new is starting or ending uh, every day of the week. So uh, it's been wild. Uh, to be honest, I feel like you, you wanted me on, so I had to eat my words. because, I, Yeah, like you said, back in June or July, I was, I was pretty confident that if the Big Ten canceled, that, that everybody would cancel. And, uh, you know, I, I guess – different doctors for different conferences. So everybody kind of thought different things, but uh, you know, I, I'm as excited as the next person that football, big 10 football will be played. You know, I, I jumped on the Georgia tech bandwagon and that's, that's derailed pretty fast. So uh, Husker football can't come back soon enough. I'll, I'll put it that way. You got to hop on that Mississippi State bandwagon. I know Chris, oh, yeah. his relationship with Mike Leach, uh, he jumped on that bandwagon pretty early. And uh, I, I ate a little bit. I, I can't say Kool Aid because that's such a Nebraska thing, drinking the Kool Aid. Um, but well, I, I really played that cowbell. You know, I was playing the Cowboys oh, from Mississippi yeah. State. Uh, I even won a little bet with them against LSU. I didn't think they'd win, but I think they, I thought they'd cover the spread. I'm very happy with that one. They're playing now the worst team in the SEC this weekend uh, in Arkansas. Really excited for Mississippi State, and maybe they could be a contender for years to come in the SEC. Yeah, it was uh, the SEC is interesting because you you know everyone went into it thinking like, hey, they they front loaded the the contenders w- with some of the worst teams in the conference. Not to say Mississippi State was bad. Not to say Ole Miss was bad against Florida. Um, I mean, Arkansas we know is bad, and they still gave Georgia a run for their money at least a little early. Um, 
But what's interesting is, you know, this is why you have those tune-up games. This is why you're so used to those non-con games because, you know, you don't know what you're preparing for, especially when you have a guy like Mike Leach coming in. Um, and, and that kind of offense you would think doesn't work in the SEC. Uh, but the one thing that he's always boasted about is that it's, it's an easy-to-learn system. They can get the right guys to run that system. And KJ Costello goes out and, and breaks the SEC passing record in one attempt. So um, is that LSU losing too many players to the NFL? Maybe. Is that Mike Leach being Mike Leach? I think that's more that than, than LSU. But, uh, you know, the SEC is going to be interesting as always. Uh, I, I think just because it's only conference, you know, they, they say they're the best conference. So um, I guess we'll really see – what it looks like when they only play conference teams and, and who comes out on top. But I, I think the Bulldogs definitely, uh, for at least this year, look look good so far. All right, Colton, I, I know we like talking a little bit of SEC, but it's a Husker football show. we got to get into some Husker football. And you're also a big Heat fan. We'll get into the NBA Finals a little bit later. But when we're looking at Husker football, and, and you saw this, the results in the SEC, a lot of teams coming out flat. Do you think that bodes well for Nebraska come week one against Ohio State? Or are you still scared of the Buckeyes? Uh, that's, it's a good, it's a good way to look at it because I, I think I would rather play Ohio state week one than like week six, uh, just because it, that's kind of when things get humming along. But, uh, I, I, I think what works for Nebraska too, is they don't have as much change, I guess. I mean, there's still plenty. Don't, don't get me wrong, but you know, offensively, you know, you've got a lot of your pieces back. Obviously you lose Spielman, uh, but you do boast a little more uh, experience on the offensive line. I, I think it. I think it plays into their hand because you don't know what this Ohio State defense will will look like without Chase Young. Uh, but you also know they'll be really good either way. So, I mean, there there's still NFL guys all throughout that roster. Um, but definitely, if, if I had to, if I had to take a chance at beating Ohio State, uh, I'd rather see them Week One or Week Two. Uh, rather than giving them a chance to to kind of put their pieces and, and rebuild a little bit, reload in that in that sense. I think the big question for Husker fans going into that Ohio State week, uh, especially for people who maybe don't follow the team as much, is who's going to be starting quarterback for the Huskers. Adrian Martinez is the incumbent, but man, did Luke McCaffrey make some plays last year. Uh, Matt Lubick was asked about that in his press conference this morning. He said a lot, really, without saying all that much at all. He said, yeah, Adrian's our guy, but we're looking forward to a little friendly competition between Luke and Adrian, and they both moved the ball well in practice, and they both have had a really good camp. And, you know, coach speak. Saying a whole bunch of words without really giving us all that much uh, information to glean from that. So, so what do you think? Do you think there's a real quarterback competition going into this year? You know, I, I've pondered this uh, for a long time since, since Frost took over and, and with Verduzco. Um, you look at that quarterback room and the way they're trying to set this thing up is one that they're finding a type of guy, right? After they got Adrian Martinez, you kind of knew, like, this is what they're looking for. And then, of course, once they got McCaffrey, it really locked in what they were looking for. And, and then you have Smothers behind that. Really what, uh, what I've been thinking is, you know, if, if they can get a guy, you know, in each recruiting cycle that can basically play their junior and senior year, they're pretty set. Now, here's the hard part is, you know, as much attrition in the, in the transfer portal goes, uh, you know, a guy like McCaffrey – you sit them behind somebody too long and they, they start getting antsy if, if they think it, it is a real competition. So I think 
I think it's more so McCaffrey will like turn into such a like great quarterback when it's his time that if he looks good, it's, it, it should put more pressure on Adrian Martinez. Uh, but it's, it's hard for me to look at that, that situation and say it, it's, it's, not, it's not Adrian until, uh, until something, you know, until the wheels fall off a little bit, right? Um, but, you know, this is what they want. They want the guy that's next up to be right there or, you know, if something happens, he's ready to go. And I, and I think another year under – or with a year under his belt now, you know, Adrian Martinez has been a little injury prone. I, I could definitely see McCaffrey getting more work uh, into the offense. I don't think by any means are they going to go to any kind of uh, two-quarterback system or anything like that. Um, but it helps if those guys are basically on the same level that they're interchangeable. Yeah, and, and Scott Frost has been pretty adamant in that he he doesn't want to run a two-quarterback system. Um, but with Adrian's performance last season, uh, I mean, obviously far below expectations for a lot of Husker fans as well as the Husker coaching staff. Uh, and if Luke McCaffrey can make those strides, it sounds like he's been impressing in fall camp. How short do you think Adrian's leash is going to be come Ohio State or come Wisconsin? Uh, do you think that we could see Luke McCaffrey in those games should things not go as well for Adrian as uh, as we would hope? Well, let's put it this way. If, if Nebraska goes down 40 uh, against Ohio State, I, I think we're, we're not going to see a lot of starters for, for an entire game. But, you know, it, it could be closer than we think because teams have been coming out flat uh, their first week, especially in conference play. You look at the SEC, like we said. Um, I, I don't think it's a long leash by any means, uh, you know, based on some of the criticism, based on some of the uh, expectations that have been placed on him. However, I think – the more experience this offensive line gets, and obviously you've seen that a, a lot of guys are playing a lot of different positions, and, and it looks like they're kind of trying to, to get an offensive line that can, you know, you may be a center one week and then you're a guard or a tackle the next week. It, it may just be one of those um, kinds of things under Austin. But um, I, I have a hard time saying that Martinez, you know, if he has one bad game, especially if it's Ohio State, that, that he gets pulled. But you know, those first two weeks, if, if you aren't seeing anything productive, then uh, if McCaffrey's been there all fall, then th- there's no reason to at least give him a shot. We're talking with Colton Stone, former producer of Hale Varsity Radio. It's always great to get caught up with Colton. And, and Colton, I know you are a big Miami Heat fan. Uh, Heat are playing the uh, the Lakers in the finals. They kind of got uh, blown out last night. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but with... Uh, with like so many of your Heat compatriot fans uh, through the the early 2010s now becoming Lakers fans, uh, do you feel like it's it's easier to be a Heat fan now that there's fewer bandwagoners? Oh, hundred percent. If if there's something higher than hundred percent, a thousand percent, whatever it is, you know. Uh, and the reason I say that is, you know, I I basically became a Heat fan. I, I'm a Marquette basketball fan because of Dwayne Wade. I'm a Heat basketball fan because of Dwayne Wade. So, uh, you know, those ties kind of run deep. But in those in those 2010s, when I'd tell people like, "Oh yeah, I'm a Heat fan," it's like, "Oh, you just root for LeBron." It's like, no, I could care, I couldn't care less that he's on the team. But it's great that he is. You know, uh, I still say we that the Heat should have won four titles. Um, you know, maybe that's being greedy, but hey, we were right there. Um, looking at looking at this series, I mean, if there's anybody that doubts the Lakers, um, I mean, come on. Like I, the Heat probably shouldn't be here, but at the same time, you know, the culture they have and, and with Spolstra, it's it's not 
it's it's not a knock on the East that the Heat went through. I mean, they they are a well coached team, and and sometimes in the NBA you just get out coached and outwork. I think that's basically what the Heat culture is. So uh, it it'll be an interesting series. Do you have a favorite player on the Heat right now? I, I know with. Jimmy Butler, he played at Marquette. That's got to be a big one up there for you. Oh, yeah. But Tyler Hero's really come onto the scene in the in the, uh, the NBA playoffs, down in the bubble, uh, and he's been an underdog his entire life pretty much. Uh, same with Duncan Robinson. Uh, he was unheralded coming out of uh, Michigan, played through the G League, and, and is now making a name for himself with the Heat. Bam Adebayo, another guy uh, who was kind of revolutionizing the center position along with Nikola Jokic. Uh, there's so many fun stories with that Heat team. Uh, which Which story do you think is your favorite? You know, I'm obviously impartial to Jimmy Butler, like you said, with Marquette, and I also love the side hustle of, of charging people twenty dollars for coffee uh, <laughs> and and really and really not letting up, even if they were to win. I know there's also uh, you guys can go find it. There's a great quote about Bam Adebayo asking him if if they'd ever make donuts, um, and, and Butler had a, had a great response. But I honestly, I think it's Bam for me, um, outside of the obvious, just because. When he got drafted, I, I, along with many Heat fans, was like, really, this is the guy we're going to go with? Um, just because the Heat fumble a lot when it comes to lottery picks. And uh, he's really grown into a shell. And being, you know, so young and, and not very much experienced in the league, he's got plenty of room to, to really develop what, what the center might look like uh, two to three years from now in the NBA. And I, I think it's great. Hopefully – he stays healthy. That, I think that's the key for the Heat. If they want to make this thing competitive, they just got to be healthy. Well, I'm looking up at the clock, Colton. We're already running into a break, uh, but it was great getting caught up with you. It's always great getting caught up with you. Uh, and, and be safe, be well, and hopefully we can get caught up soon, all right? Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yep, thanks, Colton. Uh, coming up next, we're going to get into some offensive line talk here on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Tail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal sitting in alongside Damon Bars. We're taking you through a uh, an exciting day of Husker news. Huskers back in pads yesterday. Today was their second day of padded practices. And uh, the Husker offensive coaches as well as a few players uh, took to the podium today uh, for their first press conference of the fall. He's, that is uh, on the offensive end as the defensive coaches were uh, already up on Tuesday. Before we get into a little bit of offensive line thoughts, just a quick Thing to pass along to you. We were just talking NBA with Colton. The 76ers have hired recently fired coach Doc Rivers to be their next head coach. Doc Rivers went from fired on Monday to coaching a new team on Thursday. We'll see what he can do with uh, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and that 76ers roster who was so in- unceremoniously uh, bounced from the NBA playoffs a few weeks ago. But we're right back in to Husker news now. Uh, I told you I'd get into the offensive line play, and that will do. Greg Austin took to the podium, and, and I thought this was awesome. I'm a big fan of offensive line play. I think it's always the most important position group on an offense. Without an offensive line, you don't have pass protection, you don't have uh, any running attack, uh, and if you don't have a running attack, you can't have a passing attack. It's as simple as that. So Greg Austin took to the podium today to discuss uh, his offensive line and uh, who's going to be starting where up front for the Huskers or, or where the, the camp battles are. Uh, he really listed off where every player is working at every single position. This is a bit of a longer cut, but I think Greg Austin's got a lot to say here. All right, so starting at right guard, yes, we did move Matt down inside to right guard and uh, doing a good job of, uh, you know, uh, essentially just converting. You know, things are a little bit different down inside. The game is a little quicker, uh, and he's still getting, you know, uh, his feet under the ground. 
uh, underneath him, if you will. Uh, and then switching over to left guard, uh, Bo Wilson is there right now, um, along with Brock Bando, uh, Nuri, uh, the transfer that came in from Colorado State. Hard to say his last name. I don't want to screw it up. But, uh, but nevertheless, uh, and there's a, f- a few guys that can cross over, like Trent uh, is also a crossover guy uh, that can play both sides as well. So touching on the right tackle spot, um, Bryce is out there along with uh, Christian Gaylord, along with uh, Brant Banks, um, all guys that have uh, done a good job out there. Um, those are the you know the three main guys. Uh, while we're on it, let's talk about the left tackle spot. You know, um, Brendan Hymas, uh, along with uh, Turner Corcoran, has emerged as a young, uh, valuable player right now. Uh, especially considering this year, you know, in the NCAA's eyes, does not count, so you don't have to worry about a red shirt versus non-red shirt year for him. Um, Christian Gaylord has uh, been able to give us reps out there as well. Um, and then Brant Banks is also a guy that's trained out there as well. So let's just take a look at what he said there. Uh, when we start on the left, it's Brendan Hymas, expected starter. He started now for uh, for three seasons for the Huskers, going into his senior season, going to be uh, his fourth consecutive year starting for the Huskers. Obviously, he's looking at the NFL draft this spring. Uh, he's expected to be the anchor of that offensive line, most experienced uh, and probably the best uh, offensive lineman that we've got. On that, uh, on that, especially on that left side, because then you move to left guard, and, and this is where it seems to be an open competition. Uh, if you heard Greg Austin there, he quick fired off three names: Bo Wilson, Brock Bando, uh, and then Nuradine Nuelli. I think I got that right. Greg Austin could get it. Right. I think I got it right. Nuradine Nuelli. Uh, those are the three guys that seem to be competing for that left guard spot. Bo Wilson, obviously, is one of those returning starters from last year, uh, who has got to fight for his spot. Brock Bando's a guy who's been bouncing around between tackle and guard for his whole career, moved from right to left, from tackle to guard. He's been everywhere, got a lot of experience just at different positions, and he really impressed uh, me. It might be a little bit biased. Uh, Brock and I went to the same high school for a few years, uh, had a good relationship with Brock, but might be a little biased, but he impressed me in the, the few games that we got to see him in last year towards the end of the season. And the last guy, again, Nordine Nuelli. Uh, the transfer from Colorado State. Heard good things about him coming out of Colorado State. Uh, originally from Germany, but he's a local product going to Norris High School. Uh, obviously, Husker fans love a good local product. Two of those guys, Brock Bando and Nordine, are local products. They're going to be competing with Bo Wilson. That seems like a really open spot uh, on the offensive line. Right guard, you got Matt Farniok. Uh, he's bounced down from right tackle to right guard. Sounds like he's pretty set in stone there at right guard. Uh, another experienced member of this offensive line struggled last season, as I said. Uh, makes sense for him to move down uh, and be in a little less space at the guard position. Kind of uses his frame uh, at a guard position. It makes a lot more sense at the next level as well. Uh, right tackle, another open competition. It sounds like Bryce Binhart uh, is the guy to beat. We, he looked really good last year in the limited action that we saw him in, uh, but he is just a big body. That's what I'll say about him. He's a big body up front, and you heard Scott Frost's comments about, man, Iowa just looks bigger than us, and that's especially true up front. Bryce Binhart looking to to change that narrative a little bit. He seems to be the guy to beat at right tackle. He's ahead of Christian Gaylord, who obviously has a ton of experience as well, coming back uh, for his sixth season, if I do remember correctly. Been at Nebraska for a while, uh, and then below them is Brant Banks. You remember him playing a little Husker basketball in the Big Ten tournament uh, with those luscious locks. Uh, he is competing for that right tackle spot. At center is Cam Jurgens. He's the guy who started last year, and uh, he's really just kind of the – it's expected. This guy is athletic as all heck. He is a uh, developing into a leader quickly, uh, and that's what Greg Austin touched on whenever he was – 
talking about Cam Jurgens and the growth that he's made this offseason. Cam, uh, inside at the center, man, he's done a you know a really good job of. Uh, of getting that command presence, and that's a big deal at that position. You know, his command presence a year ago um, is 180 degrees from where it is right now. You know, um, uh, his ability to have control of the offense, to make the calls that he needs to make. Uh, During camp, you're going to be put in a lot of situations. We don't have a game plan. The defense does not have a game plan, so they're, you know, kind of working their schemes and, you know, and their adjustments to ours. Um, some things come up that we haven't uh, really prepared for, if you will. And uh, it's been really good to see from him uh, being able to take some things that we learned in the past, uh, whether it be in fall camp or throughout the season last year, and bring them forward. There have been a couple instances where um, he pulled out a call that, you know, again, we didn't, we haven't, we haven't prepared for that call. And you know, months and, um, and but he knew on when to call it and uh, and the situation that warranted that call. Uh, so that's been awesome. And with Cam Jurgens, you remember his move from tight end. That that's what makes him so athletic up front. I think the coaches think this guy's got NFL written all over him as soon as he develops at the center position. Athletic, and now he's making the calls. He, he's putting his nose to the to the pavestone, uh, the grindstone, grindstone. Uh, Man, I was so close on that one. Pavement, grindstone, same thing. I I combined the two. What can I say? Uh, But Cam Juergens is just one of those guys where if he can make that next leap this year, especially with his leadership, uh, getting everyone blocking who they know they need to block, uh, that's just so huge for an offense line. It's it's one thing uh, to be able to move guys. It's another thing to be able to move the right guys. And that's where the key comes in. Last thought before we get going, or before we uh, start wrapping up this hour, uh, is what these guys have been doing now that they're in pads and especially you know with this offseason where they had so much time to install and not focus on the fundamentals uh, what's going on now that they're getting into pads and why is it important the last few months we've been working our scheme working our scheme working our scheme i think our kids know their assignments now it's just a matter of you know how do we get those guys in positions where uh, we're teaching the, the techniques and the fundamentals of striking and driving and, and pressing up front we call pressing up front uh, our bodies on bodies, you know, um, how many times can we get that done? And, and there's no art, there's no science to it. You know, it's just a matter of, all right, you know, a guy like, you know, I'll just give you an example, a guy like Matt Forniak. You know, Matt Forniak is going to run, he's going to run full speed no matter what, and he's going to strike and drive. You know, you're going to have to take care of Matt Forniak. And that's another great thing to hear is that is that these guys are showing effort, they're going all out in camp, uh, and sometimes you gotta you got to rein them back in. And that's the sign of an offense lineman who knows what they're doing is they're going 100% at practice all the time. We'll wrap up hour one after this, as well as your chance to get some free tickets to SIP Nebraska this weekend. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Winding down hour one of a Thursday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Lots of Husker talk this hour. I really enjoyed it. It's Elijah Herbal sitting in alongside Damon Barr, by the way, if you've already forgotten or if you're just joining us. Uh, you heard from Colton Stone about 30 minutes ago as we talked uh, the starting quarterback battle and whether there was an actual battle or competition there uh, whatsoever. Uh, and also talked a little NBA with him. That was awesome. That's going to be up on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page if you missed it. Uh, always good to get caught up with former producer of Hale Varsity Radio, Colton Stone. 
Got some uh, some fun stuff coming up next hour as well. As uh, just after this next break, in about ten minutes, we're going to be talking with Derek Peterson of Hale Varsity Magazine. Uh, Derek's been involved in uh, both these press conferences on Tuesday and Thursday, asking some questions. Excited to get his take on the Husker offense as well as the Husker defense. Uh, really excited to talk to Derek. Also coming up here in about half an hour, we're going to get best bets from Danny Burke. As Danny Burke is going to take us through the weekend uh, of just all the sports that we have. You know. We got Thursday night football tonight. We got NBA finals. We got college football. We got NFL. So much to talk about and so many bets that you can be making this weekend if you're a sports better. Um, if you're not a sports better, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a sports better though. I'm really excited to get his uh, his take on what I should be laying my money on this weekend. Danny Burke coming up in about half an hour. Before we get to your chance to win some free tickets to SIP Nebraska, just a quick reminder that there are over 1,500 crashes each year in Nebraska involving an impaired driver. Driving drunk, buzzed, or high is never acceptable, and law enforcement officers are working every day to stop it before more people are killed or seriously injured. If you're going to drive, do not drink. If you're drunk, designate a sober driver or get a ride back home. Because a DUI costs more than you think, and it costs more than that ride home. Uh, remember, if you're drinking, don't get behind the wheel. It's a message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Transportation Highway Safety Office. All right. Your chance to win some free tickets. Sip Nebraska. I mean, how many times over the past couple months have you been like, man, I wish I could go out and get some drinks with some friends without wearing a mask or even with wearing a mask. Sit down and enjoy the company of friends. Enjoy the company of family. Enjoy this lovely, lovely fall weather we've been having. Well, this is your chance. SIP Nebraska is uh, here at Haymarket Park. It's Friday from 4 to 10, as well as Saturday from 1 to 10. This is brought to you by Blur Parties. Our friends over at Blur Parties, they put together so many awesome events for us. I remember that great event out in Colorado last year uh, where they were uh, doing it with Day by Day, and we had all the Husker legends out there uh, serving drinks. This one is uh, with uh, microbreweries, distilleries and wineries from across nebraska it's your chance to get out and taste all those microbrews wines spirits that you have wished you had a chance uh two free tickets we're offering a 110 dollar value total at 65 dollars each if you're purchasing them at the door unlimited drinks from these vendors there's also going to be yard games uh, live sports up on their big screen uh going to be live music uh and just so many great opportunities uh, to get out, have some fun, enjoy the weather before it turns to winter. We're going to go with, uh, Damon, what do you think? What, what just caller do you think should get it today? Uh, let's go caller number four today. Caller number four again today. It's your chance. Get called in right now. 402-466-3776. 402-466-ESPN. Get your two free tickets to SIP Nebraska on Saturday. Uh, if you don't get in today, we are also going to be giving away four tickets tomorrow. Two pairs of tickets uh, are on the line tomorrow, but now is your chance. Caller number four is going to get two free tickets. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402 466 ESPN or 1 800 825 5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Welcome back. It's hour two of Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal and Damon Barr filling in for Chris Schmidt this week on the show. And congrats to Dean, our winner of the two free tickets to SIP Nebraska this weekend down at Haymarket Park. Again, if you did not get those tickets today, we have two more chances to win tomorrow. Got two more pairs of tickets to give away to SIP Nebraska. If you're looking for something to do on your Saturday, we're going to have those chances for you to win tomorrow. Excited now to welcome in Derek Peterson, writer for Hale Varsity Magazine and former Oklahoma Sooner. Derek, I think you might know where I'm going with this one, but the Sooners had a disappointing performance to K-State, as we pretty much all know this past weekend. Uh, it's the first time we've had the chance to, to chat with you about it. I know it's been a while now. Maybe you've had your uh, chance for your emotions to settle a little bit. Uh, I assume you were watching the game, right? I mean, I was excited to come on the radio show until now. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. how are you going to do me like that? Opening with no, I mean, two two years in a row now that OU has lost to uh, Chris Kleiman, K State team. Um, I think when I was in school there, they came. The Wildcats came to Norman and beat OU, um, and and campus was devastated and hated the kicker, um, as is normally the case on most college campuses uh, because hashtag college kickers. Um, but. I was, no, I wasn't sad. Um, you know, everybody, I make the joke all the time. Like, people think that I'm an OU football fan. I love my school. I love my um, my college that I went to, Gaylord. Um, school of Journalism is, is near and dear to my heart. But in terms of, like, fandom for the, the football team, you know, I, I can take it or leave it. I really enjoy watching um, Chris Kleiman and, and Skyler Thompson um, and the Kansas State offense. They're fun. They're a fun offense after – you know, years of Bill Snyder's um, ground and pound and having, what was it, Colin Klein, I think, was their quarterback that was running over dudes years ago. Um, Scott and Thompson's fun to watch. They got, when, uh, before it was, it came out that the Big Ten was um, going to revisit and, and actually have a football season. I remember watching their first game against Arkansas State and watching Deuce Vaughn run around, and I was like, man, it's making me sad because he reminds me of Wondell Robinson, and we're not going to get to see this in the fall now because this kid is, is fun and exciting and electric to watch in space. But now we get to see Wando Robinson this fall, which I assume is why you have me on to talk about. Yeah, I want to talk about the offense, but really fast, your, your kicker story about everyone hating the kicker reminded me that uh, last winter, this is right after Matt Waldock announced that he was leaving the team, uh, I saw him on campus and I was like, oh, hey, Matt, like, uh, I enjoyed watching you kick last year. I'm sorry to hear you leaving the team. He was like shocked that anybody recognized him on campus. I think it may have been like the first time ever. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I mean, you, you, you hit some kicks last year. I really liked watching you play. Um, that's- I just want to point out what a Nebraska story that is that you recognize the kicker. Because I don't think people on OU's campus would recognize the kicker. Well, I mean, he was my hero. He was a guy that came from just being a normal student and then decided to join the team for like six months, made a few kicks, uh, had his name on national television. I knew who he was. And, uh, he was hey, just... shout, out, shout out Lane McCallum. Um, 2019 and to a lesser extent 2018 will not be remembered well, but Lane McCallum deserves a special place in Scott Frost's um, history of this team. Shout out Lane McCallum. Safety coming and, and kicking a game. It didn't look pretty, but game-winning field goal. That was a memorable moment. We got a picture of him being carried off the field. It was great. Shout out to both of those guys, actually. Uh, both of those guys, I think, have, are going to have a special place in my heart. Uh, but, uh, Derek, we need to get into this press conference from today, and I know you were also at the press conference on Tuesday, and uh, at is relative because of Zoom, um, but that's the easiest way to put it. You were at those press conferences asking questions. Uh, and I just like I to say, there in spirit. Yeah, you were there in spirit. I just like to say, first things first, your hair was looking absolutely glorious on the uh, on the, the live feed I'm watching. How long have you spent growing out those luscious locks? 
let's see, I got engaged in December of, uh, it would have been December of 2018. We spent all of 2019 engaged and got married early 2020. So December of 2018 is when we decided that we were going to grow my hair out. And I think February of 2019 may have been the last time I actually had any length cut off. Wow. Um, so a long time, but I'm going to keep growing. Like we just wanted to see what it would look like for the wedding because my hair naturally curls. Um, and now that it's long and it's curly, um, it's, it's a little bit of maintenance, but my wife likes it. So it stays. Yeah. You got to do what the wife likes. Uh, that's, that's just Unar- inarguable at this point. I tried to grow out my hair once and it just looked terrible and I gave up early. So props to you. Um, but when, when we're actually looking at this press conference uh, specifically, a lot of interesting thoughts this morning. And I want to start off uh, with really a, a big fan and a lot or a big question in a lot of Husker fans' minds. And that's the starting quarterback role. Matt Lubick came on and essentially said, Yeah, Adrian's our starter, but we're looking forward to a healthy competition. Both those guys look great in camp, which is. A little bit of coach speak. It's a little bit of just saying nothing with a whole bunch of words. Uh, what was your read into that statement from Matt Lubick? No, I didn't make much of the quarterback talk. Um, they're they're going to get asked about the quarterback because it's Nebraska and it's quarterbacks. And Adrian Martinez didn't have a great 2019 season, but I didn't. Nothing he said stood out to me and was like, oh, that um, I was not expecting that, or that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's a, it's a quarterback competition in the sense that they have to have a quarterback competition. It's a quarterback competition in the sense that, like, if Luke McCaffrey just blows everybody's socks off and, um, you know, runs away with the job, he'll, you know, they'll give it to the guy who deserves it most. But I still think that that guy is Adrian Martinez, and I still think that they think that guy is Adrian Martinez. And, um, you know, I think if we get into the season and, and Adrian shows that, he just doesn't have it. That he's not that guy. Then I think that the hook will be a, a little. It'll come a little quicker than maybe it did a year ago, mm-hmm. um, just because I think they feel really good about where they're at from a quarterback standpoint, and they feel really good about Luke McCaffrey and what he gives them. Um, but I, I just I still think that that they also feel uh, equally good about what Adrian Martinez is capable of, what he can do when fully healthy, what he can do um, in an offense that's firing on all cylinders, and. You know, one thing that Lubick said, that that Scott Frost has said, that uh, Mario Verduzco says all of the time um, that people like to kind of gloss over or maybe devalue a little bit is that um, the quarterback is is one guy. Uh, Frost uses the phrase praise and blame are all the same. The quarterback gets more of it than he probably should when the team is doing well, and um, he gets more blame than he probably should when the team is doing poorly. And that was one thing that Lubick stressed is it isn't, you know, offensive failure, offensive stagnation, whatever you want to call it. It's not all on Adrian Martinez. He wasn't healthy um, early in the season. He wasn't getting snaps where he needed to. It was thrown off timing. He hasn't had the kind of pass catchers that, uh, that Nebraska would have hoped to give him. And so, you know, I, I, I still think that, that they're optimistic about what he gives them, that they're optimistic about what he can do. Um, and, you know, I think, I think this offseason, the way that they went about, I think they retool. I think you could call it retooling around your quarterback and, and retooling the offense. They brought in a new offensive coordinator. Um, they went hard after after top skill guys on the recruiting trail to try to give him some new weapons. And and you know, I think they've got depth in places that they haven't had it in a while. And so I think that you know, I think personally, and if I'm wrong. 
I'll eat crow for it. But I just think personally, like Adrian is the guy. Adrian gives mm-hmm. them a really good chance at winning a lot of games. And um, I think that they're going to ride with him until proven otherwise. Derek Peterson is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And Derek, I'm with you 100%. I, I think Adrian's the guy, and I think it's going to have to be a, a bad performance and maybe a couple bad performances from Adrian before Luke would even get a shot uh, to come in and, and lead the offense. Maybe a few packages for him. But Adrian Martinez, I think they're expecting him to get back to freshman form. Uh, but Derek, I think the bigger question on offense is the supporting cast around Adrian. We know it's probably going to be Diedrich Mills at running back, uh, but... And we also pretty much know who the offensive line is going to be. Uh, we got into that a little bit first hour. Uh, but when you're looking at the wide receivers, a lot of new talent coming in. Uh, and you know, just a couple thoughts from Lubick this morning on Alante Brown and Omar Manning. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the wide receivers and what Lubick had to say about them? Yeah, he said Omar Manning has dealt with some um, nagging injury stuff since getting on campus. It's obviously not something that you want to hear the first time you talk to the offensive coordinator in months and months. Um, most of the excitement around what the offense can do from a skill position standpoint is, is, is kind of centered around Omar Manning just because of um, how excited they were to get him. So, you know, you hope that he's fine. You hope that he can, um, you know, knock some of the rust off or kick some of that and, and be healthy and be fine whenever they're, they're playing because they're probably going to need, I mean, not probably they are going to need his skill set. Um, Lubick wasn't the only guy to sing Alante Brown's praises. Uh, Jack Stoll said that he's a, he's a dude that's turned some heads, and he's a dude that uh, when he gets out in the open field, he's hard to catch when he gets, gets at full speed. Um, they're going to need a lot of guys. And, and you've you know, you got to think, too, about what Travis Fisher said on Tuesday where he said, you know, it's not just one or two guys anymore that they have to worry about in practice. It's six, seven, or eight. And – you know, we're going to have to wait to see how, just how much of that comment is coach speak and how much of it is, is real. Um, but I, I think certainly more so than, than in their first two years, they got options at wide receiver. And if a dude isn't cutting it, then they can go to somebody else. Like, like think about who that number three wide receiver would be. If Omar Manning is and Wanda Robinson are your top two, it kind of seems like Alante Brown is maybe the number three. If Alante Brown isn't ready, then your number three would become Cade Warner, who they like. And if he's not getting it done, your number three would then become maybe Xavier Betts, um, who they really like. And if he's not getting it done, then your number three becomes Marcus Fleming, uh, who they really like. And then, you know, you've got Jamie Nance and Demarion Houston. Who've, who've been around a year and been around the offense and learned the offense. I, I think, you know, and then you got Levi, Levi Falk, a graduate transfer wide receiver um, who's played a lot of ball. I think, I just think that they've got, they've got a lot of options where um, they haven't in the past. And I am really bullish on the wide receiver room. I just got done recording a podcast with Greg Smith and we talked about this exact topic. Um, and I, and I try to, you know, each time I let myself think like, this should be a pretty good wide receiver group. This should be um, one of the better groups in the conference, just based on you know depth on paper. You, you try to ground that just because they haven't, you know, Nebraska hasn't proven it so far under Frost. But you know everything we talked about with this scheme, with this system, going back to the Chip Kelly days at Oregon, was they can 
get guys open. They can get guys the ball, and it doesn't necessarily matter who it is. And if they have those options, if they have things clicking, if the offensive line, which is a big part of this, is doing what they're supposed to do, it, it can be really dangerous if they have those options. And so, you know, we'll see when the season starts um, how many of those guys are reliable. But just, you know, from the looks of things right now, they've got more options than they have had. Derek, I think there's so many great options, so many guys in that wide receiver room looking to make a name for themselves uh, in the upcoming season. I'm really excited to see uh, the competition there going through fall camp and who gets that nod uh, in in the starting lineup and the two deep and all that. Uh, But the other question Mm -hmm. on offense, when you're looking, it's passing game and you got running game. And and with the running game, we we know who the the number one back is going to be. It's most likely Diedrich Mills. Uh, But we found that in Nebraska offense, it's running a lot better when you have a, a thunder guy and a lightning guy. Uh, two years ago, you had Divine Azigbo, who was more of a Thunder guy, and then you had Maurice Washington, who was the Lightning guy. Uh, this upcoming year, it seems like Diedrich Mills more of the Thunder guy. Uh, but, I mean, a couple options at the Lightning guy. It sounds like the Husker coaches are pretty high on Ronald Tompkins. Yeah, it seems like the more we talk to um, Nebraska's coaches, Nebraska's players, the, the more we hear about Ronald Tompkins. Um, and, you know, this was a guy who Greg Smith was kind of rattling off his offer list me from you know coming out of high school and it's it's what you would see from a running back at like Alabama or Clemson he could have you know he had his pick of the litter and go anywhere he wanted and he chose Nebraska and you've heard Brian Held say multiple times um, since Ronald Tompkins arrived on campus that if Tompkins doesn't get hurt he's probably not at Nebraska and that might be like one of the best compliments that you could pay to a kid to a young kid um, they they like him they really like him and, you know, just based off of what we've heard, he's healthy. He's progressing. Um, if, he's, if he's got a firm grasp of the offense, if he can be uh, a positive or at least a net neutral in pass protection, um, then, yeah, absolutely. The number two running back spot is absolutely up for grabs, and they've got – you know, Ramir Johnson, who they wanted to see add some weight. And then they've got two freshmen, two true freshmen, and Marvin Scott and uh, Savion Morrison. I really like Savion, but um, if Ronald Tompkins is healthy, if Ronald Tompkins is kind of making moves, um, you know, competition is never a bad thing. So if you can have four guys competing for a backup spot where you're going to get, like, maybe six or seven carries a game on average, like, you're all the better for it. Derek Peterson is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Derek, probably time for one last stop, but you've been traveling around the state on Fridays as you're following the Kearney Catholic uh, High School football team and their quarterback, Heinrich Harburg. Uh, are you going to be on the road again tomorrow night? Yeah, I'll be out in Kearney. Yep. Uh, who is Kearney Catholic taking on tomorrow night? Oh, now you put me on the spot. I should know this off the top of my head. Let me look up my calendar. They play Broken Bow. Broken Bow. We'll see. That should be a fun matchup, Derek. Enjoy that. And it was good getting caught up with you. Uh, other than that, any other plans for the weekend? But watch some football, maybe? I mean, NBA Finals, a lot of options. What do you got going on? Watching some, watching some football. The finals uh, are probably not going to be fun after so many injuries. Um, Lakers in four, probably. Wow. But FIFA, FIFA 21 is available. So I'm going to try to buy some time to play that. Don't oh. tell my bosses. You know, I'm with you on that one. I didn't realize it was dropping this weekend. FIFA 21. I've been playing a lot of PGA Tour. FIFA 21 this weekend. Derek, thanks for the time, and uh, be safe. Have fun out in Kearney tomorrow night. 
Appreciate you. Coming up after the break, Danny Burke, Pride of Chicago. He's going to give us his best bets for the weekend. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in is Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I'm excited now to get caught up with the pride of Chicago, Danny Burke. You can listen to Danny on VEASAN Network weekdays, rush hour 6 to 7 p.m. Also on uh, Bet on Chicago, WSAM 890 in Chicago, as well as Sunday morning on Fox 32 in Chicago. Danny, you're a man for the bets, and uh, we've got a loaded weekend of sports. That's for sure. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Elijah, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm pumped. we got a full weekend slate, playoff baseball, so uh, our plate is full and there's plenty to bet, no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, just all the sports going on, I know NHL just ended, but still MLB, NBA, NFL, college football, uh, even WNBA, if you're into that, it's all going on at once. We've never seen anything like it. Are, are you just having the time of your life right now? <laughs> you know, pretty much. I mean, it, it's really great just because the menu's so big, and, and the best part about it, honestly, is like just having, I think one of the best feelings is like just now in this fall season, regardless, because the weather's changing. It's getting to that fall weather where it's sweater weather. It's nice. You're getting postseason baseball in the early rounds during the day. So you have some action early on to get you going. And then, yeah, I mean, now we have like the finals at night. We had Stanley Cup, obviously, but now that's over. But now you're getting the NBA finals at night, whereas it would just be meaningless NBA games that not that many people care about. But then, yeah, obviously now uh, the SEC back in the mix for college football will be getting the Big Ten back soon and then NFL. So, you know, can't complain right now. It's, it's a bunch of fun. And honestly, I'm just taking it one day at a time and trying to be as selective as possible. But, uh, no, it, it's really a fun time as a better. Well, Danny, let's get right into your best bets. Uh, I want to start off with a Thursday night football game tonight. I'm wearing my best Broncos sweater. Uh, but let me tell you what, I'm not confident in my Broncos one bit. Uh, they open as the one-point underdog to the Jets uh, tonight. Thursday night football, uh, I mean, uh, just might be the worst matchup in the NFL this season. Both these teams are just down on their luck. Uh, what do you got for this game? Yeah, so this one is an ugly matchup, no doubt about that. But I guess, you know, like we're talking about, we can't complain because at least we got football on. So this one actually opened up with Denver as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The total opened up at 41, so that's been steady. We still see it at about 41. But, you know, yesterday it actually flipped to the Jets being a one-point favorite, and now we're seeing buyback once again toward Denver. So this line just keeps going back and forth and back and forth. People don't really know where to go with this game, and, and neither do I, frankly. I mean, it's so ugly. I don't want anything to do with the spread or the total. And even though it's a primetime game and there's NFL on, don't feel the need to have to bet. That's, that's the smart thing to do, obviously, is the good thing is that you can be selective. You don't have to bet every game. However, I am going to bet this game. It's just not going to be with the spread or the total. Um, I'm looking at one of the props. So the show I do, Rush Hour, we do it out of Bet Rivers. And Bet Rivers, their sportsbook, does a great job at offering a lot of opportunities in the prop section. And one of them that I liked, actually, was uh, – um, Sam Darnold versus Brett uh, Rippon to have more passing yards. Who's going to have more? And I went with Darnold. He's minus 129, and it's no shocker that he's the favorite. But to only lay minus 129 to go against Rippon, who only played in the final drive last game, I think that's a good opportunity. Yes, Darnold's kind of getting screwed by his offensive line, but if there's a game where he can thrive and show the quarterback that he would be on a better team, then I think this is that game. So based off the price and based off going off Rippon, and Bandio even said there's a chance that Driscoll could get some snaps as well. So I think laying the minus 129 with Darnold to have more passing yards over Rippon is the best play in this game for myself. Next sport we got to get into is NBA. NBA Finals Game 2 after the uh, the Lakers swept the floor with the Heat last night. Lakers are a 7.5 point favorite for Game 2 tomorrow night. 
Yeah, you know, this was interesting because the way I handicapped this game originally for game one, I just looked at a prop with Dragic going over his point total. Obviously, I got shafted on that one considering he also got shafted by the fact that he was taken out of the game with the injury. Um, we're already seeing heavy steam to the Lakers. Obviously, like you said, a seven-and-a-half point favorite. In game one, the Heat dropped down to a four-and-a-half point dog after it opened up at about five. I didn't end up playing it, but I did think that was pretty low uh, considering how dominant the Lakers had been. I know they were struggling in game one. But, you know, they've had time off. This Heat team is scrappy, too. But they're just really outmatched. And now that it's at 7.5, once again, I kind of just don't want anything to do with it in that part, being that it is a high total. The Heat still have enough firepower to get there. Just defensively, can they do enough? And I don't think so. So the answer for a bet that I would have on this one, I would look at the total. You're getting around like 216, 216.5. I would go over. I believe it just hit the under yesterday. But now that the teams have kind of been acclimated and figured each other out a little bit more, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a high-scoring event for Game 2. All right, Danny, we're through Friday night, which means we're into Saturday. Never know Saturday is for college football. Got a few games I want to ask you about. I want to start it off in the SEC. Uh, first game is Texas A&M at Bama. Bama is an 18-point favorite at the moment. Yeah, you know, I really wanted to bet Bama in this spot when they were at about 16 and a half earlier this week. I couldn't pull the trigger because I'm really actually a big Kellen Mond fan. And I think he could have a good performance against Alabama. But, look, we know what happens when these two teams go up against each other. Alabama just certainly dominates. It was a little bit of a lower-scoring affair last season. Um, so, at this point, I really don't have that much of a feel. I would probably take the 17-and-a-half with A&M if I had to. Not that they're going to be hanging in the game. That's not really my thought process. It's more that it's such a big spread that if Alabama does get out to a big lead, that backdoor cover is wide open. And if Mon's still in the game, he's going to be getting a lot of good reps against potentially the back ups for Alabama so I would gravitate toward taking the 17 and a half if it's under 17 I would look toward the Crimson Tide but otherwise lean a little bit toward Texas A&M catching 17 and a half my next game I got is Auburn at Georgia checked earlier today and it was Georgia as a six and a half point favorite what do you like here you know, you're right. So, yeah, six and a half is where we're seeing a lot of these numbers at. If it's at six and a half, I lean a little bit toward the Bulldogs since you're under that key number of seven. But, you know, it's hard. If it was at seven, seven and a half, like it was at sometimes earlier this week, at least at seven, I would look the way of Auburn a little bit. I just don't know how much confidence I have in them yet. I mean, it's early in relative terms for the SEC. Ultimately, I'm going to stay away from this one. I would look a little bit toward the under as well, thinking, I mean, knowing that both of these teams have stud defenses, and this could be a slower-paced game with a lot of action on the ground. Uh, but under six and a half, I would look a little bit toward the way of the Bulldogs. But if you get that key number of seven, I probably would take the touchdown with Auburn. But once again, that total may be worth a look at under 44 and a half. All right, let's move on to the Big 12. Uh, first game I got written down is TCU at Texas. Texas struggled last week against Texas Tech. A uh, very well-documented struggle, uh, but they were high-scoring in that one. Right now I have uh, Texas as a 12-point home favorite. Yeah, this is one I took earlier in the week. I uh, took the over at about, uh, what was it, 61 and a half. So it's just been moving up all week because we have an article, Point Spread Weekly, where we put out a bunch of great analysis and insight on Beeson.com. But I make five picks for college football a week, and this is one of them. And I took the over. I mean, you talk about the high-scoring affair for Texas against Texas Tech. Look, Texas, the offense is going to have a great day. Let's be honest. That's just what's going to happen. And TCU's um, defense, they looked okay. I mean, not good enough, obviously, for Iowa State. That does have a good 
good offense. But I think this is still going to be a high-flying game, in-state rivalry, obviously. I think Texas is going to be able to put up, you know, mid-30s at least, and TCU probably will be pretty close behind. So I like the over 61-and-a-half earlier this week. When you're looking at it now at 63, I'd probably still gander to the over. Uh, not that confident with laying the 12 with Texas, per se. I think a lot of people would rush that way. But once again, it's a pretty high spread in college football. Anything can happen. We've already seen crazy upsets. Potential for that backdoor cover, per usual. Next one I got in the Big 12 for you, Danny, is uh, Oklahoma at Iowa State. Iowa State is a seven-point home dog to the Sooners. Yeah, this is another one that I took earlier this week. I was almost going to take the over in this spot. Um, I ended up laying the six and a half with the Sooners. Like you said, now it's at seven, so some attention has been going to Oklahoma. This is one of those spots where I'm, I, you know, a lot of people would either think, well, one – that you saw the performance they had last week, bad loss, okay, look for Iowa State who had a good win. But look, I'm as high in Iowa State as anybody else this year. Uh, week one for them obviously didn't go to plan, but last week a solid win that we had to sweat out the two and a half, that luckily that came to fruition. But look, I, I just can't imagine Lincoln Riley and Spencer Rattler losing another game. And you got to take the home field advantage out of it this season, of course. So I think that offense comes to play against Iowa State. I don't think Brock Purdy and company can keep up enough with the Sooners. And, and really that defense for Iowa State's going to have a tough time. So I think they're just going to get hammered. Maybe not hammered, but I think Oklahoma will dominate the game for the most part and be able to cover by a touchdown spread. Uh, Before we move on to NFL, Danny, any other games you like in college football on Saturday? I know I kind of like Memphis at SMU. SMU is a a two-and-a-half point uh, home underdog. I kind of like Memphis in that one. Anything else you're looking at? Yeah, that's actually one I had marked as well. I laid the two and a half with Memphis. The other games that I played, I took the over for Florida and South Carolina earlier this week, over 57. Kyle Trask in that Florida offense only been the one game, but I think they have a potential to be one of, if not the best offenses in college football, so I took the over at 57 thinking that, obviously, Florida's going to do a majority of the work, and then also I did Ole Miss and Kentucky over 61 and a half, and that Ole Miss defense looks brutal. I think Kentucky has a good chance to cover the spread as well, but I like the over in that matchup as well. Alright, Daniel, let's move on to some NFL rapid fire. We got about 90 seconds here. Uh, let's start it off in Chicagoland. We got the Colts at the Bears. Bears, two and a half point home favorite, or home underdog, excuse Look, me. Yeah, look, I mean, this is a good spot for the Bears, honestly, if you want some value on the money line. But what I did, I teased them up six points. So, and I paired that with the Packers. So the Packers were about a seven and a half point favorite Monday night versus the Falcons. You tease down the Packers, get them below the key number of three to about six uh, or uh, minus one and a half for the Packers. And you pair that with the Bears and you uh, tease the Bears up from two and a half, get them to eight and a half because the most successful teasers, short, home and road dogs being the Bears falling under that category and teasing down home favorites at about 7-8. to eight, That falls under the category for the Packers. So that's how I would bet the Bears game. Pair them in a teaser with the Packers. All right, next game I got is Sunday Night Football. We have the New England Patriots at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are a 7-point home favorite. You know, this is what I considered also putting in the teaser, but honestly... I think everybody in their grandma is going to be on the Chiefs in this one. Under seven, they would be seven. You'll see a little bit of buyback with New England. I don't want to go against the Chiefs. That's a scary thing. But I think, you know, the easy play here would be to look at the total over once again. I think the Patriots could do well enough offensively to keep it in there. And we know what Patrick Mahomes and company can do. So uh, I would look the way of the total going over, if anything. All right, last game, Danny, Monday night football. We have the Atlanta Falcons heading to Green Bay and taking on the Packers. Packers, seven-point home favorite. 
Yeah, so like I said, the best bet here is pairing that teaser up with the Packers and the Bears. You're teasing the Packers down and the Bears up. But if you're looking at just spread-wise, seven and a half, look, as inept as this Falcons team is and how you can't trust them, just remember that they do still have a high-powered offense. The Packers' defense hasn't looked that good, so I wouldn't be rushing to lay the seven and a half with Green Bay. I don't want to take it with the Falcons either, but I would lean a little bit more toward taking it with Atlanta. Once again, the best bet would be teasing them down and pairing them with another team, which I'm doing with Chicago. Before we let you go, Danny, any best bets you have for that slate of NFL games on Sunday that we didn't get to? You know, the only other one I'm really looking at thus far, it's not the prettiest slate, but I'd probably take a gander with the Bengals laying about three versus the Jacks. I mean, Joe Burrow, they just haven't been able to get it done. It's been unfortunate, but that offense is able to move the ball. The defense has been pretty stout as well, and the Jaguars have had a tough couple, or well, really the last performance against the Dolphins was obviously embarrassing. Their first two games weren't too bad, but I would lay the three with the Bengals. Wouldn't go over three, but three or under, I would look the way of Cincinnati at home against Gardner Minshew and the Jags. All right, good stuff today, Danny. Uh, Good luck with all your bets this weekend, and we'll get caught up next week, all right? Sounds good, my man. Appreciate it. Big thanks to Danny Burke for giving us his best bets to the weekend. Always great to get caught up with Danny. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk a little bit of Thursday Night Football as well as Levante David's Award as NFC Defensive Player of the Month. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Getting towards the end of a Thursday show here on Hale Varsity Radio, uh, but as promised, got some NFL news and notes to get into. I know how excited everyone is for Thursday Night Football, me included. No hint of sarcasm there whatsoever. I'll get to that in a second, but first I want to hit on Levante David, ranked number 100 in the NFL Top 100 list. I, Damon is cringing over there. Come on. We all know how BS that is. That whole list, really. Talked about that earlier in the week with Mahomes, counting to four on his finger, saying I was number four on your Top 100, really? That's terrible. But Levante David coming in at 100 when Bobby Wagner, a guy who was on the same level as Levante David, came in uh, in the Top 50. I think it was somewhere in the mid-20s. Don't have that one off the top of my head, but... I'm pretty confident. Somewhere in the mid-20s, Bobby Wagner. Levante David, who statistically has been about equal to Bobby Wagner, came in at number 100. If you're looking at the stats, Levante David has been equal to Bobby Wagner and Luke Keekley since all those guys came into the league. Well, maybe he's now finally getting some of the credit that he deserves. Playing with Tom Brady down in Tampa now, He's getting some exposure on primetime, getting some exposure on national TV. The nation is getting to see what Levante David is doing for that Bucks team. And in the month of September, he was nothing short of the best defensive player in the entire NFC. That was uh, released today. The, uh, the players of the months for each conference were released for the NFC. Their uh, offensive player of the month was Russell Wilson. No surprise there. That guy has been playing like an MVP. Levante David, obviously, Defensive Player of the Month for the NFC. Uh, special teams, because everyone cares about the Special Teams Player of the Month, was Lions punter Zach Fox. He had a ton of chances to, to punt this month, and man, did he do a great job. I, I shouldn't laugh too much. They did beat the Cardinals, who are a great team. It couldn't have been like a return guy or something. It had to be the punter. <laughs> the punter for the Lions. How many times did he get a chance to punt against the Packers? Man, did he do great. Player of the Month right there. <laughs> Uh, as for the AFC, uh, 
My fantasy quarterback was the offensive player of the month, Josh Allen. People were making fun of me at the fantasy draft, and look at him now. In my league, I, I think we have our quarterbacks bumped just a little bit more than a, a general, uh, your normal fantasy league. Let me go find how well he did. It was awesome. Maybe not. It's taken a long time. Apologies. First game, week one against the Jets, 35 fantasy points. Uh, against Miami, week two, 39 fantasy points. Week three against the Rams, 37 fantasy points. Good for the second best fantasy quarterback so far this year. Josh Allen, I'm sorry for doubting you. You're my main man. Love you, brother. Uh, on the defensive end, uh, in the AFC, TJ Watt was the uh, the September player of the month for the Steelers. He just wrecked the Broncos back in week two. Uh, so fully deserving there. And special teams. This has got to be a joke. I actually didn't look at the special teams until just now. Uh, it was Titans kicker Steven Goskowski. I guess it must have been for his comeback performance after missing three field goals and an extra point against the Broncos in week one. I don't think he's missed a kick since then. Uh, and he nailed five in week two. Um, so good for him, I guess. I, I really just saw it now. I'm actually a little surprised by that because of his awful game week one. But bounce back performance gets him... Uh, AFC Special Teams Player of the Month, so good for Steven. Uh, but, I mean, Levante David, what can, there, what can you say about him? 24 tackles in the month of September, along with two tackles for loss, one interception, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and two pass breakups. Uh, for reference, he's the only player in the NFL uh, to have 20-plus tackles, uh, two tackles for loss, at least one interception, at least one forced fumble, at least one fumble recovery, and uh, at least one quarterback hit across all linebackers uh, in the NFL, the only player. So great month for Levante David. Good to see him finally getting the recognition he deserves. And now I think I've, I've filled enough time that we can get into the Broncos and Jets uh, because we only have a few minutes left in this segment, which is perfect. Don't want to spend too much time on this, but we do have one Nebraska storyline in the Thursday night football game tonight as Lamar Jackson is getting his first chance. Uh, he's been promoted to the Jets active roster. Not sure if he's going to be active or inactive tonight. Uh, that will be coming uh, a little bit before kickoff. But Lamar Jackson has been promoted uh, to the active roster from the practice squad for the New York Jets tonight. Hopefully, crossing my fingers, he'll get a little playtime. Usually guys get promoted uh, on day of games because they are needed to be suited up. Uh, so that's my hope tonight for Lamar Jackson. Good to see him uh, making it on an NFL roster. Uh, you know, he was so disappointed to go undrafted in this uh, past 2020 NFL draft. Uh, a guy I think... He's got a lot of potential. Six foot one, that's the prototypical cornerback build you're looking for. He's going to get his first shot tonight against Brett Rippon and the Denver Broncos. Who couldn't be more excited for this, uh, this just enthralling matchup of Sam Darnold and Brett Rippon? The line is set at 41, or excuse me, the total is set at 41 points for the game tonight, uh, which is just incredibly low. 41 points in an NFL game. They're, they're expecting it to be 21-20. That's what that's telling you. It's a pick em. They got Jets 21, Broncos 20. What an enthralling matchup. But the Denver Broncos, what can you say about them? They've been hanging in games that they shouldn't be hanging in. They got killed last week by Tom Brady and the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As for the Jets, Sam Darnold has looked absolutely atrocious this year. Um, they could... Definitely, definitely use Trevor Lawrence. This is the battle of the bottom feeders. Whoever loses this game, uh, I'm sure is going to want to go 0-16. If you lose tonight, if you're the Jets and you lose to the Broncos, 
what game on the schedule can you win or should you win? Okay, but to 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 clash that point, if you're Sam Darnold and you have to play with the the New York Jets offensive line, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> that's true. What are you supposed to do better? You have a 40 year old. That's uh, I'm not actually sure how old he is, but he's getting pretty close. And Frank Gore behind you, starting running back Frank Gore for the Jets. Uh, and then I couldn't name a single wide receiver for the Jets. Do you know of any off the top of your head? Uh, this New York big market team is really uh, not capitalizing on what it could. Yeah, the Jets and the Giants this year suck. But I mean, poor New York fans. Years and years of pain. I mean, I guess you had uh, the Eli Manning Super Bowl. That's that's the the last success they've had. But you look at the Knicks. You look at the Giants. You look at the Jets. Just awful all around for New York fans. And that's like one of the the, the most passionate fan bases in New York. Um, not necessarily passionate in a good way. They're going to go rip every single player on that Jets team tonight if they lose. Uh, but tough. Tough to be a New York sports fan. At least in Denver, I got my nuggets. My nuggets are a shining light making the Western Conference Finals. At least they can have some success. The Avalanche haven't been bad either, but the Denver Broncos this year, everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. And uh, I do have a minimal, minimal amount of faith that they can beat this terrible Jets roster. They have some some talent. Bradley Chubb on the defensive end, he hasn't been 100% healthy this year, but he did register his first sack uh, of the year last year against Tom Brady. It's a positive. They still have some talent in the in the secondary in Justin Simmons, one of the better safeties in the NFL. Uh, A.J. Boye is still hurt, but there's Bryce Callahan and Kareem Jackson playing in that secondary. Uh, at linebacker, you got Josie Jewell, former Iowa Hawkeye, not making waves, but he's been all right. It's the offensive end, though, that's scary. Bad offensive line play from the Broncos. Lead, the, the Denver Broncos are leading the league in sacks allowed. Good luck, Brett Rippin. You're losing your top wide receiver in Cortland Sutton, your top running back in Phillip Lindsay. It's going to be a low-scoring affair tonight. I'll tell you that. Should be should be uh, an enthralling matchup tonight. We'll wrap up a Thursday edition of Hale Varsity Radio after this. Again, Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Wrapping up a Friday. He- oh, man, I wish it was almost the weekend. Wrapping up a Thursday here on Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal alongside Damon Barr. Good stuff today. As uh, we heard from Danny Burke, his best bets for the weekend. That's at 525. Uh, we had Derek Peterson earlier this hour uh, discuss the Nebraska press conference that was held this morning. And all the way back in hour one, we had Colton Stone, former producer of Hail Varsity Radio, uh, joining us and getting caught up with him, talking a little uh, Husker offense, quarterback battle, and some NBA finals. A reminder, all those will be available on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page after the show. Get it checked out. Uh, we're also going to have some of our favorite sound bites from the show today up on the SoundCloud page and as well. Uh, those will be posted on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page. I just retweeted up on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page some late breaking news into Hale Varsity Radio as the Husker basketball team has landed a 2021 commitment from Rivals Top 150 big man Wilhelm Breidenbach. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he's coming out of Matter Day High School in California. They're known to be a football powerhouse. Uh, but this guy, six foot nine, two hundred pounds, uh, four star, three star, somewhere on that line. Um, but big commitment, and uh, 
and I'm just going to flip this around for Damon in the picture. Homeboy is rocking the sports goggles. You'll love to see it. Looking slick over there. He is looking slick over there. And he's just long and lanky. Looks like he's got a frame to build on. We'll have more thoughts uh, about Wilhelm's Breidenbach's commitment tomorrow on Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, that's just late breaking news in uh, as the Husker basketball team. They're starting up here in a few months, but they already have another commitment. They're second for the class of 2021. Before we let you go, got to remind you about our friends over at West Blue Realty. If you're looking to make a move in 2020, give the real estate professionals at West Blue Realty a call today. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities, and they will help make your next move a smooth one. For a limited time only, mention Hail Varsity, and West Blue Realty will provide you with up to $1,000 upon the closing of your next home purchase. And if you're looking to sell some agricultural land, well, they do that too. They have an experienced auctioneer, can handle anything from live auctions, sealed bids, and general land listings. They sold land in Lancaster, Odo, and Seward counties just this year alone, so they can handle a large radius. Uh, remember, if you're looking to make a move, you need to give you, uh, my friends Tom Luby and Kelly Hofschneider a call. You can also visit them at westbluerealty.com. If you uh, want to go visit them in person, they're located at 1120 K Street, Suite 200 in downtown Lincoln. Remember, next time you're making a move, you got to ask yourself, what can West Blue do for you? And remember, it pays to work with West Blue Realty. Damon, got about what, a minute left here, so just quickly... Any big plans tonight or for the weekend? I, I think you're going to be in for the Saturday morning edition, correct? Yeah, I am, and I'm driving uh, somebody to the airport tomorrow at 6 in the morning, so help me decide, do I go to bed at 8 or do I just not sleep tonight? What do I do? Well, who, who are you driving to the airport? My girlfriend. Mm. See, that, that's that's the only reason you're getting up that early and driving her, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. If there's anyone else, there's no chance. No, I'd be like, uh, my car is, uh, I got, I'm out of gas, uh, but no, I got to do this. Yeah, no, you, I think you have to. Um, I'll, I'll say go to bed. We have the Saturday morning. That's the issue. reasonable thing to We're getting do. Up early, but <laughs> that Thursday night football matchup, I'm not sure if you're willing to miss that. I think I'm willing to go to bed tonight, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well. I mean, Thursday night football is what I'll be doing tonight. Uh, pray for me if the Broncos don't get the win tonight. Uh, it's going to be a long, rough night, and, and we'll see how I'm feeling in the morning. Uh, but we'll be back tomorrow. Hail Varsity Radio. It's going to be Will Wilson producing. You're not going to want to miss it. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery.